Hi, I'm Marty Grizzani, and this is The Marty Grizzani Show. As a full-time real estate investor and business owner, I have a real fascination of finding the key principles for business success and personal development. This show is a reflection of my personal mission to find out what truly makes somebody successful in business and in life. We will find tools and tactics that they've used to reach those levels. If you're the type of person is not satisfied with average and you have a hunger for learning that will never cease, this show is for you. Welcome to the show. We're live, but what on the right side of here, I'm going to click record, brother, because what I've been doing is streaming the side view. And I haven't released oh, that's them. Sexy. Yeah, I, I like haven't that. released them yet, but I want to start doing that side view camera. So there's the spot on where, hey, I'm talking to you. And then there's the side view where you get to be a peeping Tom and watch me talk <laughs> to you. So uh, <laughs> that's what I'm doing over here, man. Why is that so hot right now? Because I, I know uh, I'm a kind of a crypto fiend and I, I like up only. And there's this guy, Colby, who does that. And it's like the side view. It's like the side view is like a big win right now. It's like winning. Why? This is going to be a guess based on psychology, but it's not factual. Oh my gosh, I'm having camera issues. Let me fix that. That's the thing when we jump on and click record. Let me fix that. You should keep this all in. Actually, let me zoom oh, back am. out. Look at I don't, this. I don't add it. <laughs> this, this, is my, this is my room right here, dude. I'm in the guest bedroom, so I'm going to zoom <laughs> this baby right in. So... People like authentic. That's yeah. part of it. So from a, mm. um, a, a psychological perspective, so traditionally marketers pick up the phone and they go, hey, you, this message is exactly for you. I know what you need right now. And that's not what they say, but that's basically what they say. They say, hey, I'm speaking straight to you today because I know you need to hear this message. Hmm. That's been overplayed. The side view by zero point says, hey, I'm talking to you. It shows them talking to somebody else. Yeah. So the person on the phone's a third party. Oh. So if you're a, you're a coach, a consultant, a podcaster, an influencer, it shows you in action rather than, hey, I'm going to do the top three tips of the day. It's not scripted. It shows you in action which I think there's a level of authenticity. Dude, you're right. You are right effing on. Made that's it up it. on the spot. <laughs> Dude, that's right on though. That's really good because you're right. It's a like one of my favorite guys that I follow is Brad Lee. And on Instagram, he's talking to his, what you think are his students. And uh, it's, it's that much more powerful because then it's like, oh, this guy really does have students. I don't know if they're students or not. I'm just assuming they're students, right? And uh, so that's really good. And yeah, you know, being uh, your background, which we'll get into and in being a sales executive and, and really just marketing in general and, and really selling and acquisition, and, um, you know, and talking about acquisitions is how important a third party story is. Third party stories are what, are what, makes a, a deal happen. No one gives a shit about what you have to say. They want to hear about what your uh, person you've already helped has to say, even though that that story is still coming from your pie hole. Yeah. Well, and, and again, from that third party perspective, it's not, hey, listen to this story about how I helped Marty. It's actually helping him and having a camera on you. So you use Brad Lee as an example. Um, he has a group called Closer School Live. I, I, I know Brad 
kind of well. I mean, he's not my friend, but um, he has Closer School live, and he'll jump on a 90-minute call and have a camera on him the entire time. So he doesn't have to create content. Right. He, he, the content is the fact he's just teaching people. Right. Yeah, and that's, that's, that's why I'm doing this. That's why I did the podcast is because I was pretty good at just taking out my phone and recording, talking about, you know, a real estate deal or how I did it or, you know, what we're doing and all those good things. But it's kind of like you, you forget to do it and um, it may not be, it's just, it's just not as long lasting. I feel like this medium, and I'm sure you'd agree, is that you can do a 30, 40 minute podcast, make a good connection, you know, cheers, Ben, good to, good to have you on buddy. You know what I mean? You know, little cheers here. And, you know, and at the same time I can use this, I can have my creative team, you know, clip this up, post it out constantly to different channels. But, you know, the point is, is that just doing this, I can, I can, I can check a lot of boxes and oh, by the way, it scratches a creative itch. That I have. So yeah, man, I'm I'm a I'm a big fan and I I'm I'm hundred percent with you on that. Dude, I could riff on this all day because part of it, like your podcast is relatively new, but it's already kicking butt. Um, I know you're investing in real estate, you're new-ish to it, but you're kicking butt. Imagine when you look back ten like ten years down the road and you have all this raw footage of the come up. And you can do the before and after, and you can do the what I learned, and possibly people will be following you that right. entire 10 years. <laughs> just know. imagine like it, where this could go. And part of why I say just imagine is I actually don't know. Like you kind of learn by doing it, but you're documenting the learning process. You are documenting the learning process. And thanks for the kind words, by the way. I appreciate that. And I think, uh, if nothing else, I'm sure you'd agree. If nothing else, it's something that our hopeful offspring or just our, our friends generate, you know, the generations uh, after us, uh, you know, my kids or whatever can look at this or my grandkids and be like, yo, Grandpa Marty was pretty kick ass. Like he was, he was, or even just to laugh at it. Right. Like who the hell did he think he was? Right. I hope they don't have that attitude because <laughs> that's not the right one. But if nothing else, it's something they can look back and be like, wow, that was pretty cool. Cause I don't have that of my grandpa. I don't have my grandpa on a fucking podcast. Do you? No, <laughs> but imagine if he was, imagine if you're, if you did have like your, the generations before you just talking shit about whatever they were doing. I don't know. Like, I, but I'm also the only one in my family that I know of. And I wanted to ask you this too. Are you the, like me, I'm, I'm the only real entrepreneur that I know of in my family circle. Do you guys have entrepreneurship in your gene at all? So my father was um, hmm. transparently, he was kind of a failed entrepreneur, but he, him and I had the same um, gene that we don't like being told what to do. We do not like being told what to do. And my father was incredibly compassionate, incredibly hardworking, driven, would move up the ladder in any role he worked at, but he didn't want to be told what, he, what to do. So mm. later in life, he actually started to have some health concerns, which made it difficult for him to work a full time. So he picked up entrepreneurship later in life, kind of 
more of a part-time thing while he was taking care of his family and again not having to be told what to do mm, okay so you were did you not do well in school then just like all the other <laughs> you know like it, it, i i see i did okay like not really in high school i guess i don't really even really remember i think i did okay like i liked i didn't like to like be a shitty student you know i didn't wasn't like trying to do that i had adhd and i still do but i didn't i didn't uh and some dyslexia but i didn't i didn't like try to be a knucklehead but i but i wanted the teachers to like me but i i, I guess i was always kind of like a c a c type of student how about you yeah um it depends i mean i I've, i had some learning disabilities when i was younger like i was always behind mm. i had a speech impediment um, I remember they were giving us grades out of five. I would get a bunch of twos, yeah. like like you possibly just like had trouble paying attention a lot of the time. Um, it's funny because I, I did exactly what my family and my religion told me to do. Like I didn't have sex when I was younger. I decided I'm going to go to school, kind of get a normal job. Like I was following the normal path. And in college, I had like a 3.7 GPA because it, it, it's interesting. I'm obsessive. When I get to choose my classes and when you give me freedom, I can excel. But when I was younger, I definitely didn't have the ability to focus. I was really just doing things because I was told I was supposed to do them. Hmm. But there really wasn't much passion. And I can't imagine someone asked me, uh, we did this long thing. You walked through my childhood history and it was annoying me on this podcast. <laughs> I had no passion or gusto for like school. Like I just wanted to be playing basketball and listening to music and drawing and stuff like that, you know? Yeah, no. And I agree with you on the college kind of turning it, turning it up a bit. I, same thing. I mean, maybe freshman year, I had a little hiccup, but after that, I was, <laughs> I, I loved, I was in the library all the time. I loved it. I loved it. I, I, I enjoyed what I was doing. I was, uh, you know, I was really, impressed with how I could if I focused in on you know writing writing was a big part of it. I was a political science major and so I was like writing these papers and I was getting some good feedback you know if you get positive feedback from uh the leadership whether it's a teacher or your boss man it can really go can really go far in in how you do and like getting momentum so I uh I, I always think about that but yeah I know I was able to turn it up a bit in college and uh and actually funny enough I went into sales exec kind of type of thing. That's what we I, we did. You know, we started off of, uh, and I know that's what you did. And I want to hear kind of how you started, but I, we started off, and I say we because my partner Matt and I we have our company and uh, the different divisions of our company, and you know, it all started at CGI Communications. You probably even worked there, uh, or you know, if you're in Rochester, you may have interviewed there at one point if you were in sales type of person. But yeah, we did the uh, we did that whole thing. We went from you know setting appointments to selling, and uh, that allowed us to really have an upper hand in in real estate. But you started as a from what I was doing my research on you, you did some sales exec stuff. What were you selling? What were you doing? And how did that help out with your career now? Yeah, I was selling marketing. And now I have a marketing firm. So um, I was always the student as well. And honestly, everything I do, I swear I would get myself in trouble because we'd be learning to pitch and present one way. And I'm not going to throw anybody under the bus, but we would be saying things that, in my opinion, were incorrect or unethical. 
Mm-hmm. And the only reason I knew it was incorrect or unethical is I was spending hours per week on the side learning the products just because I was obsessed with like marketing was something I was passionate about. Like I started marketing when MySpace was a thing and I was setting up MySpace pages for bands and I was handing out flyers at music events. And like everybody in my school had the same band t-shirt of a local band just because we were promoters. Right. Mm. So I was passionate about it and I would see the good things. And here's the thing about anything in life. You extract the good stuff and you learn from the bad, whether you disagree with it or not. So I would see things that I disagreed with and I'd be like, ah, I don't know about that. And the whole point is that I was constantly learning on the back end. So when COVID hit and I was furloughed from my role and I didn't really know where to go and what to do, I was able to skill stack the leadership skills, the sales skills, the self-study, the marketing chops to start my own marketing firm from my laptop, I mean, it's pretty darn easy when you really think about it. I'm an online marketer, um, but because I was doing the self-study, I wasn't quite as lost as I might have been if I hadn't. And I would never ask for another COVID, but if I hadn't have been furloughed, I don't even know if I would have started an entrepreneurial hmm. endeavor. I was following what I thought I should do, and COVID was kind of my calling to try something new. And I replaced my income in just over a year but it's not to impress. It's really just to impress upon the point that when you're called to do something and you've been prepared with the self-study, the skill, the skill stacking, the leadership, the growth, your whole life, I feel like I was prepared for that call and I kind of got lucky. I love it, buddy. That's great. Well, I actually would say the opposite for me in regards mm. to COVID being that if we did have, if we didn't, or sorry, if, if COVID happened sooner, okay and I would have been at my job still, I wouldn't have left because the whole problem was working kind of remotely, right? I was getting like kind of called out because we were constantly like bopping out of the office to, you know, do a sales, you know, to do a, you know, to meet with the seller of a property. And if I would have had that opportunity to, you know, be able to do that from home without the awkwardness of like going to the elevator and leaving and then coming out and coming back in and everyone seeing me, I would have still probably been at the company and it would have ruined the chances of me doing this podcast to, you know, to doing all the things that we've done and grow our company and pivot into commercial real estate. Like think, you know, it's like, yeah, it would have really, it would have really screwed some stuff up if that would have happened. So, but I love that you were able to, you know, very quickly and not maybe quickly, but probably just from the years of being in the marketing business you were, and caring so much and you know the doing the studying and and really figuring it out on what you wanted to do uh that you were able to then very quickly uh, replace your income with your own self-generated income and uh i think that's fantastic like what what were you doing in regard how were you getting out there and knocking on doors to gather clients like what was that strategy Yeah, it's funny. Knocking on doors, we'll just use it as a metaphor. The way I knocked on doors was LinkedIn. Got it. And the value add, because one thing I've learned in life is people are busy, their time is valuable. And if you want to steal their time, you better offer something in return that's more important and more valuable than it, or at least of equal value. So I started a business podcast and you're from Rochester, New York, correct? Yep. 
So our hometown of Rochester, New York, it's called Rochester Business Connections. Um, on LinkedIn, when you send someone a friend request, it's called a connection request. So Rochester Business Connections, very simple. And I reached out to business owners on LinkedIn to start a business ownership in Rochester podcast to highlight our local leaders. I didn't know exactly where I was going. I just knew that I was from Rochester and I had no business connections. Hmm. Um, as you probably seen, like when you're working in a corporate environment, you're working in Texas and California and New York City and Minnesota and everywhere. That doesn't mean you have a book of business locally. And sure. when you sign and not compete, it doesn't matter. You're not touching your book of business regardless. Hmm. So I started Rochester, New York business owners for two main reasons. One, they knew a million things that I didn't, and yep. I had an opportunity to learn from them. And two, let's be transparent. They're my target market. And not all of them became clients, but a lot of them became friends, peer, joined networking groups together, referral partners. So it was by connecting locally with podcasting, using LinkedIn as my door knock. Hey, Marty, I love what you're doing. Congrats on making a big time. I'd love to feature on a Rochester-based podcast. That was my pitch. Obviously, people are going to say no because they're shy. They don't like the camera, this or that. But the people that were comfortable enough with Zoom, mics, things like that were happy to put their chips on me. And just one last thing, and I'll shut up. Imagine this. Hey, Marty, I'd love to sit down, buy you coffee, and pick your brain for 90 minutes. <laughs> yeah, so murder. You have, to, you have to drive there. You have to meet someone you don't know. They're going to buy you a $3 cup of coffee. They might even, you might even try to get an espresso and they're like, oh, they're getting the $7 cup. And then you have to sit there and let them pick your brain. And just the concept of picking a brain, in my opinion, just kind of sounds gross and makes me nauseous. Or option two, hey, man, you don't even have to leave. This is not exactly what you said. It just implied, hey, man, you don't have to leave your house. You can wear your joggers, pajama pants. You don't even have to put on shoes. All I got to do is jump on camera for 45 minutes, and I'll endorse you as one of Rochester, New York's business leaders. That's fantastic. And this is one of the reasons why <laughs> I had this gentleman on, and uh, it's been a long time coming. But you know, for those listening, Ben is uh, an absolute marketing machine. He's a branding machine, and uh, I believe that you know, my listeners, real estate investors, realtors, you know, brokers, whatever it might be, you know, people that are taking their side hustle to their main hustle, right? Is that if you don't have a brand, like a personal brand, or if you're not marketing for yourself, if you're not telling people what you do, and you're not trying to shake hands with new people, then you're not really wanting it you know, whatever that it is that you have, like whatever that why is you have, you don't really want it. You don't because that's the uncomfortable stuff that we have to, you know, do, you know, I get it. Some people are introverted. Okay, fine. I don't, you still got to go and do it. You still got to knock on doors. You still got to tell people what you're doing. So I'm glad that you've done that because it's, I, I think number one, I think podcasting is the greatest thing you can possibly do, even if you've got no listeners, but just by saying, you know, the Rochester business connection, right? Or the real business connections. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. So what does that do? Well, you go and you talk to people that you want to talk to that would never want to meet you for coffee, right? They're not going to want to meet you for coffee. Pick your brain. I agree with you. That's the freaking worst term. No one wants to do that. No, if anyone's listening and you are trying to reach out to somebody that you want to be 
right? Like, like they're doing something you want to do and don't do that. Don't tell, Hey, I would love to buy you coffee and pick your brain. It's like, you're giving this person so much anxiety. Like when people do that to me, I'm like, right. It's a chore. It's like, I have so much stuff I got to do The last thing I want to do is, you know, go and, and get this. You probably don't even have the right questions. I'll just say, well, what are your questions? Right. Right away. Like, what's the questions you have? And it's like, well, I'm just trying to figure this out. It's like, you got to do more. Right. And like, number one would be like, I don't know about you, Ben. It'd be like, Hey, all right, no problem. I'll meet you, but listen to all of my podcast episodes. <laughs> right. And, and now I need to like buy a, get a course. Like I'm working on a course and I'm working on it, getting on a you know, getting a book to be made. So it's like, yeah, then read my book and take my course. And then I'm going to meet with you. And I only do that because it's going to help you. It's going to point you in the right direction that you're going to want to go down. And then after those things, let's talk. But no, I agree with you. But how great has been podcasting in regards to talking to the people you want to talk to that never would have talked with you in real life? Dude, blows my real quick question. Do you know who Andy Frisella is? Mm. So very polarizing guy. This is a recommendation. Just an example. Just an example here. I don't want to recommend him because you might click on the wrong episode and he polarizes a shit and then I'm the, one with the <laughs> bad guy. But people would mess with him all the time with questions and he just responds or his team probably responds. Episode 37. Sure. And then people respond, well, can you just answer my question? It's like if you don't have time to invest an hour in episode 37, when I charge $50,000 an hour for a keynote, right. you are not worth the time you're not part of my tribe you're not part of my community you're trying to pick the wisdom out without doing the work to earn that opportunity right and that's at scale i mean he's a big name one of the biggest podcasters a big brand in itself but even at smaller scale it's just important to kind of look at it and and as you said podcasting's huge but a lot of real estate investors a lot of anybody biz dev sales rep they might not be looking to start a podcast, but let me break this down because it doesn't have to be a podcast. And we already brought up MySpace, so I'll bring it up one more time. Um, do you, I presume you had a MySpace. Some people didn't. Depends on age group and this and that. Did you have a MySpace? I think we. I think I had one, but like it. So I was like in that perfect storm of like yeah. uh, 2007 is when I graduated high school. So it was like, it was like kind of, it was already dumb at that point, I think, in MySpace. And everybody yeah. wanted to be on Facebook, but you had to wait till you got your, you know, STU, you know, dot edu to get it. And so I think everyone was just like waiting for that. So, you know, I, I think I had one, but like I didn't finish it or something because I was already like on, oh man, I got Facebook next year. <laughs> Dude, and Facebook was way better. But way yeah. better. Not not the end of the world. Some people get it. I'll answer the questions anyway. So first friend on MySpace, do you recall? Yeah, you Tom, right? Tom. So Tom was our first friend when any of us set up a MySpace page. Why was Tom the first friend? He was the creator. There you go. So if you want a seat at the table, why don't you just create the platform? Why don't you bring the table? Why don't you bring the mic? If you want to be at the big boy, big girls table, if you want to be speaking on the mic, bring your own mic. All you did and all I did by starting a podcast is bring our own mic. So when you take that live events, maybe you start a live event. Maybe you start a Facebook community. Maybe you volunteer for a charity and you find yourself in a leadership role. Maybe you join a board. 
there's a million things we can do to collaborate together and build leadership without having to crawl our way or pull our way to the top. If you feel like you're pulling your way to the top just to not get accepted at the table, because I know personally, I don't fit in. I'm a weirdo. I'm not good at golf. <laughs> There's a lot of things I'm not good at that if I was a better golfer that fit in more and was a little more traditional and less creative, I might fit in better. I don't give a crap. I created my own table and I got to invite who came. My Tom from MySpace created his own table and now he's a multi-millionaire, maybe a billionaire. And I, dude, honestly, I don't even think he's working. I follow him on Instagram. It's just photos of the sky half the time. He just takes <laughs> pictures because he built it himself. So that's my whole point there. It doesn't have to be a podcast, but what can you build? What table do you want to get on? And how can, dude, the event's such a simple thing. You host an event for real estate agents and you sell tickets, you use the tickets you sell to bring in a speaker, maybe you operate at a loss, and then the people you really want to show up, you invite them for free and you give them some sort of award. Yeah. So you honor people, you have a speaker, then you have general peers, and you create an event out of nothing. But then you're the MC. And if you don't want to be the MC, at least your name is big on the brand. You didn't have to pay to sponsor it because you are the promoter. That's brilliant. It, that's all. I'm going to take a breather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I, it's, 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 it's fantastic. Couple things. So number one, I don't like golf, but I had to start doing it because I thought that was the thing for real estate connections because mostly I didn't want to get invited and then look like an asshole. So I got lessons and I'm still, okay. I still look like an asshole, but that's another story. Uh, Oh, and nothing against golf. I wasn't taking a shot. At no, it. no, no. But I, I, I just do if I was Tiger Woods, it would be easier. <laughs> Absolutely. But I, I get where you're coming from. Yeah. And it's way easier just to do this. Honestly, it's actually easier. The other thing is, uh, you said it, and then I want to get to the that strategy of hosting events, but, you know, back to like the picking person's brain, it, it is selfish to yeah. do that. So when you were saying, you know, giving value, that what does that mean right so when i said this before on my show but you know that i like to clip up my my videos and i post it and i don't do it to certain you know TikTok or whatever so like if you really wanted my attention or if you really wanted to add value right if you wanted to add value to ben albert well you could say listen i know you have a podcast i'd love to clip it up and put it on TikTok. i don't know if you're on TikTok, right let's say you aren't but you're like, hey, I could post this for you on TikTok, and I'll and I'll do all that, and I'll and I'll do all these things for you on uh, the next thing that comes down the line. And it's like, okay, cool, yeah, yeah. And then you could start learning, and it'd be for free. But they at least could start learning from you, and then boom, you you got a new, they got a new friend, and they you know they got a new connection, and and they got a mentor, all for just you know show, seeing something that you're not doing maybe as well as they can, or don't have the time for, and then boom. That there's a way to get uh get at your table right because now you have a nice table right maybe not a, maybe before it was kind of one of those flimsy plastic tables now it's a real nice mahogany wood table and you know you you're uh you're in command and control so if people want to get around that one they got to really step up and add some add some serious uh add some serious firepower to your to your business but anyways but bro, bro before you go to something yeah. else can i add one layer to that yeah in what you're saying, it's like, hey, I'd love to do this for you, this or that. In a lot of scenarios, depends on the person, if they're tremendously busy, 
even having you come and be like, hey, can I do this for you? Is like, uh, I don't want to say no, this or that. <laughs> yeah, good point. That's still an ask. Just to do it. Oh. Like quite literally. And the thing is, it's still a portfolio item. So sure. in the TikTok scenario, it's still a video portfolio album. Don't say, hey, I'd like to make your uh, videos into TikToks. Just start making their videos into TikToks. Send it over to them and say, hey, these are yours to use. There's no branding on them. I post, I'm going to post on mine. I want to add to my portfolio, but they're yours to use. And if you really like it, I'll run the entire pro, uh, portfolio for you. I'll run your TikTok for you. You really don't have to do anything. And once we start bringing in ROI, maybe you can give me commissions. I'm adding more than you need to, but you can monetize it on the back end. But instead of asking them, hey, can I make TikTok videos for you? Literally just start doing it. So be like, type in a username and a password. I'll take over your account. And again, this is very much like I'm just getting started stuff, but you could run their TikTok for free for six months, blow it up, and then boom, you turn to the next client and go, look what I just did for Marty and then charge them a thousand dollars a month to do what you did for free the first time. Yeah, that's, that's excellent. I agree with that a hundred percent. And you can no tell, one's going to be mad. You can tell, we could talk sales because what I'm talking about right now isn't really marketing per se. It's sales strategy with just marketing injected into it like steroids. It's like, I've already worked with A, B, and C. I thought that you'd be interested too. Here's the portfolio. The D doesn't need to know that A, B, and C were co-collaborators and maybe even free or you were an intern, but you leverage that previous work to sell yourself to the next person. Yeah, fantastic. A lot of value right there. I agree. You don't have to ask for permission. You know, you really don't. You can just go out and, and start doing it. And in, in regards to the event stuff, I, yeah, 100%. You know, I think cool. one of the coolest things that we did was uh, start an upstate New York real estate investor group. And that, you know, that really blew up. And now we do events and, you know, it's such a good time. We just had one last night. I'm a little hungover. And, uh, but, <laughs> but we had such a good time. And, and, and one of the, one of my, and I, and I love that you said this, cause it's, this is just, I'm, I'm just steel manning your point yeah, of man. giving the award because we did that to the people we wanted to talk to. And now, <laughs> and I had one of the guys on my show, Jeff Cook, like a, a good buddy now who's got, he's the largest mobile home park owner in New York. And he was voted the best mobile home park owner and, from the upstate New York group. But that was me. It was my idea. It was my, I bought the awards. I made like six of them. He was the only one that actually accepted it. Other people wouldn't even take the call. Uh, I even tried to send them to people and they still didn't even, they didn't respond <laughs> anyway, but it doesn't matter. Cause I made a really good connection and, uh, we're doing business together now. So that, that's just to your point. I actually heard that point Amazing. from, from, uh, Conan O'Brien back when he was at Harvard. Wow. Did you, did you, do you know that story? I don't think so. No. Okay. Well, he was in the, whatever their, I think national lampoons or the, the whatever they do for the comedy writing, but he wanted uh, Cosby to to come to Harvard and he wouldn't pick up the phone. So he, he sent him a, uh, an award. He like, he made a trophy and sent it to Cosby and uh, Cosby came, he came and he, Conan was talking about how he picked him up in his, his beat up car and drove him to Harvard and to accept the award. And, and that's how he met Bill Cosby. But uh, anyway, I just thought that was brilliant. You make out, you make an award cause I'll accept an award. You'll accept an award. Right. 
And, and if that's a, that's a really good way to talk to people, but anyway, I digress, but Dude, I just, you know, what's really funny like about this. Point. I brought up one idea and you're already doing it. And what that's a testament for is this isn't like, so this isn't uncommon. It's not ridiculous. It's not hard to obtain. It's not hard to do. Millions of people have done it. Conan did it. You did it. The only difference is some people do it and some people just listen and then they never implement. Nothing we're doing is rocket science. You could call the name of this podcast. None of this is rocket science. (laughs) It's just implementation is really all it is. It really is. And I think people get scared to like do stuff. Why though? I think they just, they feel like they're going to get laughed at from their like little cohort of friends. You know, they got this group text of buddies that if they did something like that, they'd be like, Whoa, what? Like that's, that's strange. You know, like that's, that's not like you. And it's like, you don't know who the F I am. You know, I think people have a real problem with that. Why are they your friends then? Well, because you don't really necessarily, uh, you know, it's like, well, we like to play kickball. We play kickball on Tuesdays. Like that's, that's, we're friends. We play kickballs on Tuesdays. You know, I'm just, it, that's, that's what happens. It, it does happen, but people, it happens all the time. Like people just kind of fall into this, like, I, I don't want to like stand out. I, you know, I don't want to make, I don't want to make noise. I don't want to, you know, disturb the waters too much. What would my boss think if I started doing this on the side? You know, I got right. a buddy who's a, trying to get it to become a jeweler. And he's just like, well, I don't want to post anything on Facebook. It's like, dude, no one will give a fuck at your office. If you're fucking posting on Facebook about, you know, you wanting to sell jewelry, you, you do something completely different. No one cares. That's the other thing. Just put the video out there. Like if you like, again, and Ben, tell me if I'm wrong here, but if you really want it, right, you really want to do whatever it is, like a podcast or tell people what you do or be a coach or any of those things. If you don't have the gumption to put it on Facebook in a video, you do not want it. Sounds about Or at right. least a, like a website or to put, put it out there in like a blog. Because some people maybe are just shy on camera. Well, you know what? Get, get better at it. Yeah. Maybe, but that, that might be me, just me being kind of an asshole right now. I don't know. I don't think you're being an asshole. I think that there's a block, whether it's imposter syndrome, fear of success, fear of attention, trying. I I was I was the shortest kid in school, like I was tiny and I didn't come from the best background. My family loved me, but it was a little hectic at times. I learned how to make myself smaller. So imagine you want to be the next Michael Jordan. You've got three Vince Carter jerseys. You want to dunk it under your legs, but you're the shortest kid in school and you be, make yourself smaller to avoid bullying and attention. That's something that I did younger and that's still a part of me. So being the one front row center, like I'm not the social butterfly that wants the attention. So I think that we develop these mental blocks that you can want you can want to get there, but something subconsciously is stopping you. And it's not as simple as just do it. I love Nike, just do it because action leads to something. But it's like, how can we incrementally make steps where we expose ourselves to situations that make us uncomfortable so we can get there? Because I think a lot of people want to get there. They're just afraid. And we need to figure out what's stopping us because it's not as easy as I want this. I'm going to go get it we get in our own way and those people 
that are giving us a hard time probably would support us, but they know that we don't want it because we're so half in. Like if you're dipping your toe in the water, you're never going to get your whole foot wet. <laughs> you're definitely not going to get your head wet if you're just tipping your toe in. So I don't know if this makes sense, but I feel like I have blockages and most other people do as well. They're afraid of something. They're just holding themselves back. Yeah, I would say, I, and again, I'm, I'm with you. I think that makes a ton of sense. I would, I, I would say though, in regards to the identity thing, sure, is that I would tell somebody to, you know, hey, you got to kind of shift your identity. Like you got to start identifying as someone who does stuff like this. Right. Like, yeah, I, I need to identify. Like, I needed to identify as a business owner who was okay with having problems, you know, because a business owners, that's what you do. You take care of problems. You're a problem right. solver. I didn't like problems. I, I like it easy, breezy, beautiful, right? <laughs> but it doesn't work like that. So then you don't really want it, right? So it's because if you really want it, then you're going to be okay with that. So I needed to shift my identity as someone who's organized, wasn't organized. Well, now I need, I need to shift my identity as someone who is a data scientist, who is organized, who is willing to, you know, you know, be someone who puts stuff in spreadsheets and is willing to, you know, do those things, or at least, you know, bring people on that, that can, right? But I got to learn it first. I got to at least understand it. So I really thought it was, for me, it was more of like, I need to identify as this person because right. then I'm going to start taking my, my, because my behaviors will right. start changing once I start identifying as that type of person, right? And, and so, and again, it, it, it comes naturally to me because it's something that I really want. Mm. It's something that is, uh, it's a very important to me and I'm willing to die for it. And that's another thing, are, you know, are some people willing to die for it? Are you really willing to? Are you really willing to go in the arena and let it all freaking go? And, uh, you know, again, that's, that's a decision some people have to make. I don't know if you have to be that dramatic about it. But, you know, for me, it, I, I did because it was, it felt like, hey, if I don't do it this way, then at the end of it all, when I'm going up to heaven, right? And I believe heaven is where, you know, God will tell you, let me show you what you could have been, Right. Let me show you what the best version of you would have been if you would have done this, right? If you really would have done it, that would be horrendous if you don't know that person. Right. I feel like if you're the closer you can be to that person, that's where that's the real heaven is like you, hey man, you were, you were a freaking, you were right there to the best you could possibly be. And so, but back to this, the identity thing, I think that people need more of a, you know, probably a better idea of shifting their identity because once you do that and you start identifying as an entrepreneur, then your behaviors start to change. And then you start, you know, taking the actions because you know, it's identity behaviors. And then you start taking some actions. Dude, bingo. I mean, you're making it actionable. It's like, okay, I know that I have struggles here. Who do I want to be? What does the lifestyle look like to be that person? Who can I emulate, not copy, I'm still a unique person. Who can I emulate and learn from so I can take the day-to-day -day actions to live in alignment who with, with who I wanna be? And a lot of times you realize you always were that person. That gene was just laying dormant because you were suppressing it with all the shit that wasn't serving you. And then when you started to walk in the path of who you actually wanted to be and stopped making excuses, and dude, I'm a freaking music junkie. I know what it feels like to feel hung over and jump on a podcast and kickball is a ton of fun. You don't have to throw any of that away, but that's not your entire identity. 
some people like my entire identity was music and I was going out four nights a week and staying up till four in the morning, three nights a week. That's who I was. But this entrepreneurship thing, I guess, is in my blood. It was just dormant because I wasn't actually using that. I wasn't mm. I wasn't actually doing that. And then you get a lot of kind of guilt when you know that you're meant for more and you're not doing crap. It actually makes you feel guilty. Mm. And then when you start doing something, it actually feels really good to be like, oh, darn, I underestimated myself. Do you do you think most of us are just kind of underestimating what we can actually accomplish? Yeah, I think we are underestimating what we can accomplish. I think uh, I think that people are 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 not willing to you know put it more on the line. I, I think people have a lot they can they can give, but they're not willing to. I feel like people have a ton of um, talents that they just they think that are they're not important, or they they think that well, of course. You know, I, I, yeah, of course I can do that, but anybody can do that. No, not a lot of people can. That's right. the thing. It's like you, if you can use those things, you got to find them, you got to discover them. How do you discover them? Well, you, you got to really know about who you are and, you know, you got to really peel back those layers and you do that through personal development, right? And I think you're a big fan of personal development. You're doing personal development. You, you, I believe you emulate it just from talking with you. Um, <laughs> Dude, personal development, personal development if you're yep. not developing what are you doing like all of us need to be doing personal development either you're growing or you're withering so if you if you and not to interrupt you but if you just take the words personal development sounds like a no-brainer do we want to not develop <laughs> why is it tab why is it taboo <laughs> like why does it feel like people are like oh that's so like you know foofy kind of guru stuff like why do people think that kind of thing is like they would be like oh geez personal development man let me let me turn this off put up put on the game why why do people do that then uh, bad marketing i mean i think the term self-help implies that you need help and a lot of people don't want to feel like a victim i like the term personal development more or self-development because you're developing oneself i also feel like the like Love, I'm thinking love guru, Mike Myers, like the weird woo-woo all over the place stuff kind of gives it a bad name. But when you use like meditation as a simple example, meditation is bicep curls for the mind. When if you're in a high stress situation, you have the capacity to be in the present and handle it as a leader in the moment. It's no longer woo-woo. Like there's people in the military going through meditation practices for that very reason that when a gun's on your head, are you going to flinch? And I don't want a gun on anybody's head. But the whole point is that I feel like it was just mismarketed or demeaned as weird or soft or hippie. And especially from a male perspective, I feel like some men, at least at some points, think it's weak. But I think the strongest men are kind of in touch with the feminine and the masculine, and they know how to use what's necessary same with women like you don't have to be a thousand percent feminine like I, we, humans are a blend is my whole point and i feel like we are trying to gender like men are supposed to be like this women this is soft woo woo for women strong like dude like it's a blend and when we can figure out that it's a blend and get the masculine and the feminine the yin and the yang dude we can accomplish anything we want and this is me just on a soapbox i could be wrong that's my opinion. No, that's the right opinion. It's true. And uh, maybe, maybe there was that bad marketing with, you know, that self-help, but the personal development, you know, being that it is 
you know, in the same category, if it's not the same thing, it's the exact same thing, just different name. But I will say that, you know, even if you think for those who are listening that uh, I don't really need it, or I've heard about it and I'd like to start doing it. It's like, well, even if it's not for you, do it for your spouse, you know, (laughs) do it, do it for somebody, do it for somebody. Even if you don't feel like you're worth it, but maybe you, 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 you know, you have your children or you have, you know, people like that, like that maybe depend on you or employees. Well, maybe do it for them, right? Maybe do it for them because that's important too, is, is really realizing that it's not just, I'm doing it for me. I'm doing it like when I'm doing my meditation, I'll tell my wife and, you know, she'll walk in. I'm like, I'm doing this for you. (laughs) You know, like I'm doing this because I know how it's going to help me be a better listener. It's going to be, it's going to help me be someone who is going to be more in touch with, you know, being able to take a breath. Like, I don't know, like in selling, like if you really care about selling, well, I can't tell you how important it is that when you're in those stressful situations, you know, the majority of time, like I never became aware of just, all right, Hey, take a breath here. Yeah. You know, like, Hey, take a breather. Cause this is, you're, you're making some decisions and there's, it's, you know, it's a little bit high pressure. Some through some stakes here. And then you realize that, Oh, okay. If I just took this breath, I can just take a breath right now. And now I'm going to be better for that. You ever get in those situations where if you just, you realize that, Oh man, I haven't been breathing. No wonder I'm so stressed. Dude, people are, especially if you're in enough rapport and you're not an asshole, you can be like, take a breath and be like, dude, I need to slow down. I came on strong. I haven't been listening. Can we figure out if I can actually help? Like you can even call it out on the spot. There's no shame in coming in too high energy and forgetting to ask the right questions and messing something up. Realize it, possibly call it out, or just do it different next time, you know. But yeah, it's I think, you know, awareness is key and it's hard to get that awareness unless you do this kind of stuff. Yeah, the call is a good one. I think call it if literally. Anything, yeah, no, if you call if call yourself out, I think that's great on a on a, like a sales call or when you're meeting with a seller and because they you want to give them a reason to you know just feel like you're a human being right and and be like oh okay like you know they're just a just normal person like me and it, it maybe puts their guard down a bit when you come out like that and just kind of you know even if it's like you drop your business card or something and be like oh geez i forgot my business cards it's like oh okay like this guy's just like a normal just a normal guy. It's like, you're not a robot. It's not perfect. Dude, you know, and you, and you, are a, you, you are a normal guy and you right. are a human. I, people in business, whether you're marketing, we'll just use sales as an example. It's like, I know the script. I know my agenda. I think I can help. I need to be a champion and get the sale. I need to close them. You're like, dude, this isn't like a freaking game, dude. Like you're a human. They're a human. Don't forget the script. Don't forget how you can help, but be a freaking human being. If you um and ah a couple of times because you don't have your script memorized, no big deal. Like at the end of the day, I feel like people are trying to put a mask on and over deliver and then they just have commission breath. And it's just awkward because you're not acting like a human. You're acting like a sales rep that's trying to sell me. Right. I want to buy your product, but you're making me uncomfortable, bro. Has that ever happened to you with someone like you want to buy from them, but they need to step away for a minute. Has that ever happened to you? Well, yeah, a couple of things is that, (laughs) you know, I don't know about you, but salespeople are like the easiest 
sell, right? Like oh, yeah. if you're a salesperson, <laughs> I'm like the easiest to be sold. But no, to your point, yes, of course, of course. It's like everybody wants to buy, but no one wants to be sold. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So you 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 kind of have to you gotta go through that a bit and and yeah, people coming at you kind of hot and you know, you just, you know what, you kind of like know that they're trying to sell you. It makes the whole thing like really unpleasant. But when someone's coming in, just starting to, if you go in with just, hey, I just want to add value. And I, listen, I don't sell every car. You know, listen, I, I, I don't, I don't buy every house. When I walk into an appointment and the first thing I say is you should list it. Yeah. And I immediately win. Like I immediately win. Like the first thing I say is I walk into a house and I'm like, or if I walk into a commercial property and I'm like, oh, you guys should list this. You'll get a ton more money. Or you know what? I can refer you to a contractor that could fix this whole thing up for you so you don't even have to bother with someone like me. And they're like, okay, trust is built. I'm good. Let's go with you. You know, so, but I mean it. Like that's yeah. the general truth. It's like, I genuinely mean that for like those who listen, those are listening, like if you're going to a house that's a, you know, it needs work and you just tell them, listen, I think, I can refer you to a contractor that can fix this whole thing up and you're going to make a lot more money. Right. Right. You just come in with value. Then you, the, the sale becomes so much easier. So like, what are your thoughts on that? Do you think that's about right? hundred percent. I mean, you're explaining what it's like to be a sales professional, a business owner, a value giver that plays the long game and builds a network, a book of business and a book of referrals. There are ways that you could have got that sale that maybe you shouldn't have got the sale, but by, in some cases, just being like, no, dude, list it. You'll make more money this way. I want to stay in touch. Like you are building yourself as a professional that, I don't know. I feel like people see, let's use Instagram as an example. You pull up your phone, you see Instagram. There's someone who's wealthy. There's someone who's doing just kicking butt. And you're like, I'm not that person. And we want the money now. But what people don't realize is you're going to get the money if you have the uh, composure of someone who honestly deserves that money. And a lot of people that get money quick lose it because they don't have the skill set. So if you have the comfort to walk away from a deal that doesn't serve you, from a deal that doesn't serve them, or even a human that you feel weird about and you don't want to do business with, walk away because the money doesn't matter and the way you'll book your business as a professional is just going to be way better than and i'm on a freaking soapbox because there's roles where your job is to hunt and get the sale but if you're working for yourself and your job is to hunt and farm and feed you can't just hunt because then your book of business will look like crap dude it's a really good point that's a really good point it, I had to it, add an asterisk because some people are just hunters. If your job is to hunt, not telling you not to hunt, but if your job is to hunt and farm and feed and get new land and territory and get referrals, like you can't be aggressively going into deals that are, and even if you're a hunter, I don't think you should, but again, soapbox, soapbox. No, I, I like it. I, it's, uh, it's very interesting and it's, it, it's, it makes what, uh, a real salesperson, they're the, they're like, that's why they're the highest paid profession because all those things are difficult to do. All of those things at like kind of at one point, right. Mm -hmm. Like be able to be really good at the nurturing side, going out and closing, going out and, you know, getting the referrals, you know, actually performing on whatever it is that you sold, truly knowing 
whatever it is that you are selling, right? Knowing the product better than anybody, but really the best salespeople are the most honest in the room. So if you just come in with just being the most honest, then you're really going to win because if you're the, the best salespeople are really, they are the, the, they tell the truth hundred percent of the time, hundred percent of the time. And cause you're right. It's really not about that deal that day. It's about the foundation of just the business that you want to grow. And if you can do that with quality uh, customers, they're, they're because they're so good, they're going to tell other people. And those people are going to really take that in consideration and be like, wow, that person's your, your okay. It just makes your life a lot easier, right? Instead of just mm-hmm. blowing through somebody. So I, yeah, I think that's fantastic, but easier said than done, right, Ben? Personal development, man. You got to develop your freaking personal self. Are you a, are you a closer? Nothing wrong with the term closer, but are you a, are you like a aggressive closer looking to get the deal and make money? Or are you a sales professional looking to help people be honest and know that all the closing and the deals come <laughs> because you're a stand up guy or gal. So that's my opinion on that personal development. Well, the selling part, and I agree with you that when you say, you know, the, the, the sales will come, I think they come way before the closing. So if you're trying to close somebody mm. at the close, then you're, you're out. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I answered, you... I answered objections for 45 minutes and they still didn't buy. Well, why do you think you got so much objections? Man? Right. You didn't <laughs> do never... enough. <laughs> You didn't do enough in the beginning or, or you didn't, you didn't build up the rapport, right? You didn't trust build up the you. credibility that you didn't answer the, you didn't, you didn't find the problem that they had. You weren't able to address the problem and show them a solution and why your solution is different than anybody else's. And that's why it's better than anyone else's, but, but more so it's um, it's, it's really that it comes back to the, 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 the personal development side. I agree with that. It really does. It's like, if you can develop that, you can develop yourself. I, I, I do believe, I feel like you're, the, the sales will become a lot easier because people can just, you're attracting it. I, I know that sounds crazy, but you do, you do start attracting that. And I, and I had something else to say, but I can't, I lost it. It'll come back. Dude, I love this conversation. I, I hope people don't have any clue who I am. I love that we just dived right I in. I know. And this one, is ben no, Albert, don't, don't even worry about it. So for example, I have a one sheet and I have now I built like a whole like speaker page. And the thing about having a speaker page, I do it to pitch myself to actually get into events, but then I'll be on podcasts and everyone will just ask me all the same questions. Like that's be I'm not trying to knock anybody, but people look at my speaker page, they read my bio, and I'll be transparent. I tell I've told the same story a hundred times. I could close my eyes and tell my freaking story. I could tell a why story. I kind of like that we're just kind of freaking riffing, dude. Ben, that's why I don't do it like that. Raw, I'm not dude. gonna go and say, and I'm so excited we got because you know they're really not excited. And this is going to be great. We're going to, they're not, they're like, we're going to talk about, you know, Ben, he's got this and he's got that. And Ben Albert, welcome to the show. And it's like the same old horse shit. No one really cares. I want to have a conversation because I want to have somebody that I can be like, okay, I know this person. I feel like I know this person now. I I'm sure the people listening now know a lot about who you are. They don't even know what you're doing, but they know the kind of person that you are. And so 
I will say that Ben can help out businesses with whether it's websites and, you know, the, the search engine optimization, the marketing, all those things, you know, helping out with podcast production and, and maybe even matching up with different podcasts. I'm but falling asleep listening to exactly. this. Exactly. <laughs> it's like, every, but that's like, it's like, it's like, yeah, everyone, you know, there's a million people that do that. I want to hear who you are. And now I feel more comfortable. I'll buy whatever the hell you got. Right. Oh, so if that's if that's the case, man, let's let's call it here and I'll sell you stuff. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm just messing with you, man. Well, what else you got? What else do you got? I know you gotta probably you know, we have an hour here, so we got dude, it's your show. Um, anyone listening, we're doing this right before dinner time. Yeah. So all I have is dinner. So I'm gonna let you take the lead on when you want to wrap. Um, since you said what do you got? Yeah. We mentioned Brad Lee, my favorite Brad Leeism or whatever you want to call it, Bradism. And I've said it a lot, but I need to attribute the proper person. He says there's no key to success. Everybody wants to know the key to success, the fast track to success. There's no key to success. It's a combination lock. And each of us have our own unique combination. No two combinations are the same, just how no two fingerprints are the same. It's like a spy movie. If I were to try to break into your house using your fingerprint, I would have to cut your fingerprint off because no two fingerprints are the same. No two humans are the same. No two keys to success are the same. So it's by having conversations like this, surrounding yourself with the right people, getting the right wisdom, you can still follow someone's playbook, but you need to learn how to audible and create your own plays as well. And that is the key to success, finding your combination and unlocking that shit every single day. So that's my Bradism that I riff on a little bit, but you said, what else? That's, that's something. Right. That's, was something. He the, that's, that's his, his thing, right? Was the, uh, and I remember when he like came up with that. I think I listened to the podcast <laughs> where he like said that or something. He goes, Oh, wow, that's good. That's, that's a book. Good. You know what I mean? Like, that's he, my book. <laughs> he, he says the key part, all the extra stuff in the fingerprint. Like, um, a friend of mine, Rachel Jenks, she's all about own your difference. Um, she's the brand boss, and her logo design in the background is a fingerprint. Mm. And that's the concept there. So I stole that end of it. But at the end of the day, like, we're all unique. What would you rather do? Would you rather be the same or different? Would you rather be slightly better? Would you rather be 0.2% better or 40% different? If you're 0.2% better, you're not going to differentiate yourself. I'd rather be way different and slightly better than try to like compete on price and product. Right. Right. I'd rather compete on brand personality and owning my difference and finding my combination because then you have find you find people that want to work with you etc cetera, etc cetera. so uh, that's a whole tangent if you want to get into personal branding but personal branding pays man well let's um before we wrap up a couple questions yeah. for you so yeah, do you like the name the marty grisani show or would you change it why do you name it that personal brand okay um what's your long-term vision well i wanted to no matter what Okay, so here's the reasons why I have a podcast, and then we can kind of figure out my long-term vision because I, I think I know it, but it changes sometimes because I, I get I, I get oh, hot, you know, I get hot on stuff. So same. number one, it's you know being in real estate, commercial real estate, people will Google your name, right? So it's nice that something comes up and there's a show and there's a podcast, so credibility, boom, right? Second thing is 
I like having people on that are doing stuff that I want to do. Great. I even have on, you know, some, you're not like my normal guest, but I like to have on like occasionally not my normal guest type of people. And uh, I like to have business owners on that are not really always with real estate so that if I ever get a real estate deal and I want, you know, LPs or limited partners, I could send them the deal and, and have them invest with my with me. Right. And I may not have ever met them except through the podcast, but it's, I feel like it's a little bit warmer of a welcome handshake to show them, Hey, here's a deal. You got a hundred grand you want to put into this than just some Joe Schmo who has a real estate deal. Right. Makes sense. Yeah. Uh, the, the third is though, is that there, there is a long-term where I want to give, 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 give. And I do want to, you know, at some point have an ask and I'm trying to figure out what that ask is, but I don't really care right now. Because this is my third thing is it scratches my creative itch. I like doing it. And I like putting stuff out there because I'm getting people saying, responding back, dude, this was, I needed this right now. Or wow, that was incredible. I, there's people that I've never talked to that are on, you know, uh, like on Facebook, they'll hit me up from high school and be like, just want to let you know, like this really impacted me. And it's like, holy shit, I am, uh, there's, I am in your brain as the real estate guy now, like forever. So there's that part where it's like at at any point, if they're ever thinking about Marty asked for a large commercial industrial building that has, you know, vacancy and and value add opportunity, I'm thinking of Marty or retail or multifamily. I want that. I want to be in people's heads. So, but that's really the the strategy on why I'm doing this. So I don't know long-term, but that's, that's really what it is today. Well, first off, realistic long term, you can always change. Maybe the vision gets bigger than you. And, you know, thinking about built to sell, if you ever were to want to sell your business or step away and start a new one, having your name tied to it's not the best move, but you can always pivot long term. Um, the Google thing is what stood out to me right off the bat. Are there other Marty Grisantis or like, is there competition for your name? Uh, or you, is no, there? No. So, so boom. So my name, for example, Ben Albert, um, the defensive coordinator, I think the linebacker coach actually for the Duke Blue Devils. Um, he's been freaking teaching football for over 20 years. He's Ben Albert. So hmm. if you look at the first page of Google, I think he owns about 80% of the real estate. I come up first page, but he owns Ben Albert. So Damn. he made a really good point. If someone Googles your name, just because they're looking to work with you in general, They'll see that you have your own podcast. They can dive in. They can see the videos. I think that's brilliant for the personal branding piece. I think long-term, you might end up wanting to change it if the vision gets bigger than yourself. But the personal branding piece, love it. I also love, you mentioned like, I'm different for the show. So I'm going to assume that Marty doesn't live, breathe, bleed real estate. You've got friends. You've got a family. You've got kickball. You've got events. So to call I don't it, actually have kickball. I was I was naming that as an example, but why not? Why not have some kickball? Maybe next life? season we'll talk about it. We'll <laughs> yeah. start a team. But right. to call it real estate one oh one oh one or whatever, just use an example, you might get kind of bored kind of quick. Exactly. That's why I didn't want to do it. So I, I like your route. I think a route people go that's totally wrong. And I'm gonna think of something. I don't want to use a direct example because I don't offend anyone. I use a fake one. Um your personal brand matters now as a podcast name mm-hmm. by Marty Grisanti. I'll just use myself. So I'm not putting you on blast by Ben Albert. No one knows Ben Albert. Ben Albert doesn't have a personal brand. He doesn't matter now. 
(laughs) Why am I going to listen to your show? You're stretching too wide. Now, nowadays, my podcast is called Real Business Connections because I'm trying to go national. But I started with Rochester Business Connections because I, like you, wanted to talk to business people. I didn't want to just talk marketing, but I went hyper-local because if I went hyper-local, I could build a local brand and then use that to expand to a larger brand. So I think a lot of issues, this isn't for you, it's for anybody. They try to go too big vision with their brand right off the, the bat. And no one cares. They're caught in the sea of sameness. There's only one Marty Grisanti. And if they Google your name, your podcast comes up. I think it's a kick-ass idea. We could brainstorm, maybe find a different name. But for what you told me, I think you made a good move. Thank you. Because that's it's really not about today. Like, it's not about it. Because I want to have a brand where if I want to pivot into something else, like, I, yeah, real estate will always be a part of it because it's, it's, there's so many different ways to make oh, dude, money. You could start and you could do something else, man. Yeah. Or you can just do it. And I do like, I have, a, I have like two other podcasts that I, I partner on occasionally. And it's like, I don't really, it's like, yeah, I'll do it. Like, sounds good. Like, but I, there is a part of me where it's like, Hey, you should try to monetize this thing. You know, like you should, like if, if you can, then you should. Right. And, uh, but it's not there yet. And it, this is like a more of a long-term play. It's like, it's like, I don't, it's nothing that it needs to be done today. I do this yeah. for fun. So right. it's like, it, and it's good for me. It's good for it's social media. It's only going to be better by just doing it this way. I think long-term than if I tried to be like the commercial real estate guy with Marty Grisani. it's like, ugh, there's so many of that shit. I just didn't want to do it. I love that you're so darn Googleable. I I'm going to tell you, and I kind of am going to want you to add this out, but you don't have to edit it out. Um, I love marketing, but I've so flirted with ideas of getting in with insurance or getting into real estate, specifically insurance and finance. I have flirted with that idea a lot, and I don't say this to sound cocky. I know for a fact with the personal brand and the connections I've built, I could change industries and be just fine. Right. Because people know me as Ben Albert, Real Business Connections, Balward Marketing, but I could just start Balward Insurance and I'd be fine. I agree. I, I, I know. Exactly. <laughs> so, that's, that's a part of the reason why I didn't want to just put real estate, right? Exactly. Because like, if I ever wanted to do something differently, or if I wanted to own different businesses, whatever, then it's like, I'm just Marty Grisani, you're going to buy into me. That's what people buy into. They don't care about whatever product is. They're like, I'm going to buy into Ben, I'm going to buy into Marty, and then whatever he's got, hopefully it's good, but I, I like and trust the guy. So I'm going to pay in full. Yeah. And even if it's the same as the other person, They'll go with you. A lot of people are trying to be the best in market. It's impossible to be Elon Musk, SpaceX. It's not impossible, limiting beliefs. But even if you're selling, the Marty and Ben sell the same product, the person who gets the deal is going to be the person that the buyer likes. Let's be real. So the personal brand is going to give you the deals. Even if you're working as a rep selling the same product as the rep down the road, you're going to be getting the deals. They're not. They're going to be pointing fingers. But the reason you're getting the deals is because your personal brand, your honesty, all the stuff we talked about today. And that's the show, boys and girls. Ben Albert. Ben, where can they find you? See, I thought I had a mic to drop. (laughs) <laughs> Never mind. I have a little. I have a little freaking um blow up mic. I usually drop. Yeah, I think I funny. dropped it too many times and lost it. So <laughs> wherever you found this, Real Business Connections is my podcast. It's my website. It's my everything. So whether it's the Google, whether it's the YouTube, whether it's the podcast player you're on right now, 
first off, leave this guy a review, man. Leave five stars. You don't have to leave a long review. Click the five-star button while I'm saying this right now. And if you type in Real Business Connections, wherever you are right now, <laughs> you'll find me. And if it's worth connecting with me, go down the rabbit hole. But just type in Real Business Connections and you're good to go. Baba, That's it, boys and girls. <laughs> just got it. And uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning into the Marty Grizzani Show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, leave us an honest rating and review. If you're on Spotify, make sure you follow us for weekly episodes.